Hello and welcome to the Time Out with Jacko Kings podcast. Uh, today I've been here with the mystery man. Uh, introduce yourself, mystery man. Yo, what's up? My name is Bauke, also known as Bunker. And today I'm joining Jacko Kings in his first episode of his uh, Time Out podcast. I'm happy to be here. That's good. Um, how are you doing, um, Bauke? How are you doing? I'm doing great. I just had a, my first gig on uh, Friday, like Friday, December yeah. 6th, and it was just amazing. Yeah, it's one of those, uh, it's going to be, that's going to be the main topic of today. We're going to talk about how to get gigs and the do's and don'ts. And basically, so there's like musicians, there's like a few musicians that I know want to start listening to this podcast. A uh, big shout out to Sheffield uh, Hallam Music Society, who are probably listening to this podcast. They, they honestly like all the tips and tricks that I'm giving. So let's get into the episode. So... Let's talk about getting sets and performing. How did you kind of get the uh, good old, the one that was in that club that you said, was it in Rotterdam, actually? Uh, no, it was in Utrecht. Oh, okay. I, I always get them mixed up. That's not my fault. But what yeah. was it like performing in a club, though? Well, it was, like, kind of weird in the first place. Like, um, I used to uh, performing in front of max 30 people house parties and stuff where yeah. uh i only have like one or two bluetooth speakers <laughs> like this yeah, yeah, yeah bluetooth speakers and then i'm like connecting with my laptop oh, yeah, when we and then with do... my yeah my dj 400 and then it has a massive delay which is really uh shit actually <laughs> but uh it was like really weird to um be in front of like 170 people for the first time yeah. and um like because i know we did like a little good during ade for your birthday mm -hmm. which yeah that's true that was more intimate and that's more different to big club sets because it's not as intimate mm -hmm. and i think in terms of getting sets i think it's kind of not not how good you are at djing it's who you know like yes. my it's like my new year's eve one i contacted a promotional manager uh for a club in the uk called the lead mill in sheffield and they basically hired me for like 150 quid which is like 10 p.m till 3 a.m just playing like the decades of like this year i think and mm -hmm. i'm probably gonna play some future house and stuff just because that has been in this decade yeah um, that's true the, yeah. Diablo is right yeah, he's doing a lot of like the like songs that like my nan and stuff listen to, and he's mm -hmm. remixing them. And I was like, yeah, I'm definitely going to show my nan Don Diablo. <laughs> She'd probably be raving. Um, but yeah, what tips and tricks have we got for like musicians and DJs like trying to get on the scene? Because we we're kind of lucky because we've had like opportunities during ADE mm -hmm. and just around where we live. Well, yeah, I think ADE is like the first place to start actually because. Yeah what i think is most important to get these kind of gigs is connections and ad is the perfect place to get yeah. them um you can talk to so many people so many yeah. uh, people that are in the industry get to know them they get to know you they uh can start yeah they know who you are after yeah. you talk to them and um the getting those contacts really helped me get my first gig yeah. Because how I got them was uh, uh, someone uh, wanted to do a charity event and 
yeah um he posted an announcement on facebook and a friend that i knew uh saw that uh facebook post oh yeah when they just contacted him yeah and uh, and i got tagged in that facebook post and i yeah. i was like hmm interesting so i contacted that guy and then yeah yeah things started and now i play the show in front of almost two yeah. people and so for yeah. people that like don't know what amsterdam dance event is because those mm -hmm. people that are probably who know me they are not quite into like big festivals should we just like mm -hmm. have a like talk about amsterdam dance event yeah, uh, sure. just just break it down for people just because i know we've got edm producers and i've got a few singers and guitarists and all that they they don't have a clue what we're on about so we're just going to break me and bauke we're just going to break it down for you um but we're going to make like a rough guide to ad we're not going to go through yeah. every single day because <laughs> sunday <No>. sunday <laughs> was not the best day no it wasn't no <laughs> i was uh, angry that day as well there was like uh, there's, yeah, there was supposed to be a hangout, but so let's never, just go from Monday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. let's just well, go from Monday to maybe Saturday. Cut out Sunday. <laughs> no, nah, let's just do it in general. Um, uh, ADE is uh, one of the biggest uh, dance festivals in the world. Um, it has like two different parts. You have like the day program and you have the night program. The night program is more focused on the music. So uh, during the night, there will be uh, shows and arrays everywhere throughout Amsterdam. Um, like those are for people that are more interested in go to concerts or race. Uh, but the day program is more focused on uh, on the DJ side and the producing side. Um, you have master classes from uh, big, very, very big DJs. Yeah. Um, I think I went to the Nightmare one actually. Yeah, last like this year, uh, Nightmare uh, did a must close, but like last year, Cashmere did a must close, and Ellis did one as well. Yeah, exactly. Like those, all those big producers, big DJs, come together in Amsterdam to yeah. uh, to talk about uh, about their profession. Actually, yeah, and uh, uh, it's really interesting because uh, you learn a lot from them. Yeah and uh it you can always talk to them afterwards so you can uh, there are a lot of opportunities to actually meet those famous producers and yeah, yeah, yeah. to talk to them and to get to know you and stuff else for a picture stuff yeah but uh, the main thing is is that during those day events uh, a lot of uh, labels record labels uh yeah a little program and stuff yeah. They have like this own events that uh, at ADE. Uh, for example, Mixmash uh, this year had uh, a whole day uh, for themselves, a label day. And during the day, uh, they did a lot of demo drops uh, featuring uh, uh, Mixmash artists like yeah. Raven the Crane, Kian Silva. Uh, Lateback Luke was there to uh, give feedback to. That was our uh, famous photo that I commented on in, in yeah. teaching you how to install the internet or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, I was actually lucky uh, to be the first one to uh, get to Lateback Luke and to let him listen to my demo. Yeah. So, really honored to have the opportunity for that. Yeah. But um, during those day events, uh, the most important thing is to yeah. get contacts because i got a lot of emails from uh people at those labels 
yeah. which I can send my demo to, which is um, so much better than just that regular demo at, for example, spinningrecords.com. Uh, just like, yeah. oh yeah, we like it. Blah. See you later. Yeah, that's different reasons because uh, the demo is spinning records that uh, come, for yeah. example. Well, uh, I don't know what their real uh, email address is, but um, that general email address uh, is like, yeah, like I said, the general one. Everyone yeah. sends their music to that email address and your chance yeah. of getting heard through that email address is like zero to none. Yeah. Um, and if they do listen to it, then um, they're probably going to skip it because they have so many other demos to listen to. Yeah. Uh, so it's really important to get that personal email because um, a lot yeah. less people have that email. So your chances of getting hurt are like in, in incredibly high, actually. Yeah, yeah. Because um, uh, I think with, I went to the Strange Fruits, like, uh, what's it called? The networking yeah. event? Yeah. And at that cafe. And it mm-hmm. was like, oh, you're going there to have beer and a few drinks. But I met like the label manager from Strange Fruits. And then like the same day, I think it was night, we went to Future House Music. He goes and sees me in the smoking area and puts the thumbs up to me. <laughs> I'm like, he must know who I am because that level. Uh, in terms of getting signed to labels, I think, how many labels have you been signed to in like the past like year? I think uh, I've been like I, three or four, I think. I only released two songs in 2019. So I did really uh, sign to a lot of labels, <laughs> which, uh, yeah. Yeah, which is pretty hard with only two songs. But I signed to one. It's uh, Night Owl Records. Uh, they're a pretty good label. They yeah. uh, get me uh, almost 80,000 plays on my song. Yeah. So, so in terms of shout tips, out to them. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> in terms of tips for like the musicians and stuff that are listening, because we'll have various different people listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. What would you say like tips for about AD? Like, because some musicians goes, "Oh, it's all dance music. I don't want to go." Like, yes. what sh- what should we say to them? Like, who wants to go? Well, I think it's not only dance music. Actually. No. I've no, seen vocalists no. and like people who do acoustic stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like, wow. Well, um, because I'm more focused on the dance uh, industry, I can't really speak about like the pop scene. Yeah. But I, I, what, for what I can tell is that there's definitely more than just EDM during Amsterdam Dance Event. Yeah. And it's good to like network with like, us as producers because you can mm-hmm. kind of like put your foot in the scene because you might go, oh, I don't want to produce dance music or I don't want to work with a dance music producer. But then in the end, you would want to because they could get you in different, they put you in a different genre and get you more mm-hmm. fun from that genre. It's a bit like K-pop, like Steve Aoki did like K-pop mm-hmm. and he got even more fans from that. I was yeah, like, oh. like back in the day, Steve Aoki used to collab with uh, Linkin Park actually. Um, so Steve Yoki has been like, uh, experimenting with all those different genres, like from Linkin Park, who are uh, originally a uh, rock band, uh, to, K- to K-pop artists. Yeah. Like, and he gained so much uh, fans from that, which is yeah. insane. So uh, one tip I can give you to all the musicians here is just don't focus on uh one particular genre just 
talk to anyone that you see during ADE, yeah. which looks like a music. He doesn't even have to, has to look like he is in music, but just yeah. go talk to him, get to know him. It's um, like, yeah, my dad said to me when I said, oh, I said to him, oh, I, I won't make pop music. He was like, Jack, you can't have integrity. When someone offers you a million pounds to produce a pop track, mm -hmm. you will make that pop track. And I was like, okay, okay, you're speaking the truth there. <laughs> so moving on to like the next topic is Spotify Unwrapped. I think mm -hmm. everyone has seen that. Uh, the people that are just more of a listener, uh, you have your own little tailored one of how much you've listened for the whole year and da 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 but I think me and Bauke, have you looked at your Spotify Unwrapped for your artist account? Because yeah, I know so I, I have. I did, definitely. Did you yeah. do better than you did like other years? Did you do better well, than 2018? I, I actually started like my first release was in 2019, like in January. So yeah. I immediately did better than 2018 because I yeah, had the streams in 2018. But uh, I, I was surprised, uh, really surprised about my stuff yeah. because... Uh, uh, I didn't know people actually listened to my music for eight, more than 800 hours, which is yeah. insane. Like, yeah, um, just be, um, it yeah. just, um, it may not sound like that much, but, um, it, it's still like, uh, the, you have to, uh, be I think you still have this, to work. Yeah, yeah, you have to be, be happy, happy about the small things that you accomplish because that's still part of your dream, if you know. Yeah, because you might, it's literally like if you get 10 plays of Spotify this year, that is kind of like you've, you're doing something you love. Um, yeah. Like if people won't like it because it's different, then that's their choice. It's not yeah. necessarily that bad because I've heard people that produce different things and I'm like, mm -hmm. well, you know, I, I I never when I listen to people's demos when I make something different, I'm always like, well, it's not that bad. It's like because people ask me, oh, is this unique enough? And I go, yeah, it's unique. But I always say to people, I don't know if a label will take it or take a risk on it because they don't know if it's commercial enough or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, I did find out, fun facts, that I found out that people clocked up 1,218 hours of my music between 1 and 6 a.m. So that's like a sleep there of 174 nights and like based on seven hours. So I'm like, who's streaming my music between 1 a.m. and 6 a.m.? Like, that's yeah. a good question. <laughs> but true. what would you say, like, like what we said, we've had, we have over a range of musicians that listen to this podcast. Um, what would you say is the biggest thing that people need to do to maximize that, their year on Spotify? Because 2018 is coming, well, 2019, sorry. Uh, literally so many years are going that quick. I literally losing track. But like, when, because 2019 is ending in literally a few weeks. Um, mm -hmm. What would we say that in going forward into 2020, what's the biggest thing that people are going to need to do if they're putting music out to Spotify, I, like Apple Music, all those kind of places? Mm. What are you going to do? Yeah, make sure you get on as many Spotify playlists as possible. Um, you have like, it sounds like, I think it's uh, in the mono thing uh, or sound play. Yeah. Uh, where there, the, those are sites that you can. Uh, send your music to to independent yeah. spotify curators and um if your track is good enough and they think it's good enough then they'll put it in their spotify playlist yeah. for you 
and uh, being in the Spotify playlist just uh, helps getting so much more, yeah. uh, so much more streams, so much more recognition. Um, so I'll, I'll suggest uh, yeah, that. And I'll also suggest uh, send it to radio stations, send it to yeah. uh, other DJs, send it to promoters, send it to of whatever people that yeah uh, that can whatever help genre, you, you know yeah. yeah um it's like i've started the supported by playlist like i've literally oh. said right when i've sat down and thought about this playlist and rather than just i'm going to support edm or i'm going to support pop music i'm supporting mm -hmm. a wide range of genres because it shows that i'm being diverse and i'm saying well if it's good music then you know can support it um but in terms of that, in like for the year, it's like what you said, Bauka, just try and put out as much music as you can. Well, mm -hmm. and get them on that playlist because I made Spotify editorial, which that was a big thing for me because it was like official by Spotify. And I was like, whoa, this is big, like, yeah, big thing. Um, mm -hmm. So we're going to come to, uh, we're going to, you know, the Ten Commandments, don't like, wait, you know, God will say, you won't murder a man or something. We're going to do uh, the do's and don'ts of performing live. Okay. Um, yeah. So what's our, like, should we start with the don'ts? Because they're more yeah. bad. So what uh, are the don'ts of performing live? Um, don't drink before you set. Oh, I've seen uh, people that drink before and then they turn off the CDJ or something. Yeah, just uh, don't. Um, like, it may give you more confidence, but um, it makes you less focused. And yeah. uh, ultimately, you just don't want to fuck up. And yeah. uh, alcohol is not going to help you with that. It's yeah, you can kind of you can drink after. Opposite. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's it's going to do the exact opposite. Uh, what I I had like huge nerves before my uh, first gig, uh, yeah. but I didn't drink before because uh, I knew what was gonna happen uh, if I yeah. did drink, and uh, like I had zero confidence before my set. And but when I got into my set, everything was going as planned. I I just gained more and more confidence, and uh, at the end of the set, when I finished, I was like, ah. Oh, I want to do this again. Yeah, yeah. Like, and you don't need alcohol to uh, build confidence because it will build automatically if you do well. So yeah, definitely just... don't drink because I've seen people in the past that they they think they're confident and people. You may think like in sets or when you're doing live music, mm -hmm. you make a wrong mistake. People can tell. They're not yeah. like DJing, you can kind of hide it, but with live music, if you do a wrong, like wrong chord or something, mm -hmm. people will tell because yeah. it's a bit, it hurts the ears. Um, mm -hmm. Another don't I'd say is this is my like pet peeve is like don't go on social media and like talk horrible about the club or like yeah. the people there going, oh, this was a bad set or this venue was bad because. Mm -hmm. It's like if you go out and post on social media like, oh, they should have paid me more, they won't hire you again because yeah. they'll know that you, you are not making them feel very happy. Mm -hmm. You're actually putting the club in a bad spotlight. Yeah, it's and like with that's me. A, that's the last yeah. thing a club wants is like less bad promotion. It's yeah. like with me, it's like 
I, when they are offered me the gig, I'm in no I'm in no place to negotiate. Well, I'm in negotiating the time, like what I'm doing genre wise, but time and how much money I'm getting paid, I kind of leave that to them because they're a business. I can't be demanding like, you know, 1.6 million from a club because that could put them in bankrupt. They could bankrupt the club in like an eye. Mm-hmm. What's another uh, don't? But I wanted, I wanted yeah. to say something more about your uh, don't. Uh, I think in general, it's yeah. uh, you have to stay professional in whatever you do in the music industry. Um, uh, because unprofessionalism won't get you far. Yeah. If you um, like, for example, if you talk bad about the, um, the new kids at this record company. Like he's, uh, he's telling him he's doing a shitty job and he sucks and he, he doesn't do perform very well or whatever. Like yeah. it goes for other DJs. If you talk shit about other DJs, um, just don't do that because who knows who, yeah. uh, who that DJ will become. Maybe you will become the next Martin Garrix, and uh, then yeah. you will be like, oh shit, hey, I'm I'm the this guy that you performed on on your first gig, and he will like. Oh, I remember you. You were the one that talked shit about me. Go. Yeah, yeah I think that's from our little team MBL, like yeah. little friendship group. I think I'm the one that's kind of experienced that. Mm-hmm. Um, remember, well, because remember, absinthe, like you yeah. lot, like everyone in like our, like our veterans club, literally thought, "Oh, this doesn't sound like riot," but mm-hmm. it was like all the. Like other people were going, this sounds like Riot. When literally it was just uh, you released it. They both were released at the same time, yeah. so you can't really like say we didn't steal it. Because... It, wasn't even, it wasn't even in the same key. They were no, they were not in the same key. I had that checked, independently yeah. verified. Um, <laughs> but it's like don't talk, don't like with DJs. Like being unprofessional is just the big mm-hmm. pet peeve for me. Like I know me, you. Sebastian, who Sebastian will be coming on the show at some point. Um, he, me, and him, and you use use humor to our advantage. Like I put humor all over my social medias, like because yeah. I'm just a people who meet me in person know that I'm I, I can be serious, but I like to be funny about things. That's true. <laughs> it I've, is. I've experienced it. That's true. Trust oh, it was, <laughs> uh, it was literally when we were going to your party and then I got really angry as we left that Dutch supermarket and I went, why did we get ID'd for someone else's alcohol? Yeah. Well, I'm not a 12-year-old. That's just Dutch laws. Uh, yeah, but um, other than that, I'm going to talk about something that I've shown you. Like this, mm-hmm. I've shown you this video before the podcast, so we all know. But it's a house music set and... It's by Jurek Jurakowski. He has like forty-seven point four k subscribers, um, and it's like it's like a few months old, but it's like a little. I think it's a little kid. I think I don't know how old he is. Like he looks um, really young, really young. Um, but he's really good at DJing. Um, what do you think about younger talent? Like I know we have like twelve-year-old producers and all that. Do you think it's a good time for them to start producing when they're twelve? Or do you think, well, oh, you maybe need to take some time, you need to time to do education and then come and start producing? Well, um, I, I can give arguments on both sides. Uh, yeah. Of course, it's never too early to start music. 
But on the other hand, I think uh, you do need to finish uh, some sort of, at least finish high school because um, in this world, uh, the market is just oversaturated with producers, uh, mainly young producers. A lot of young producers just wants to want to start DJing and producing and stuff. Yeah. But uh, the thing is, uh, only a few people will ever get at the level uh, of Martin Garrix or even yeah. like not a lot of people will not reach uh, that level in any in, in any case. Yeah. And if you de- don't finish your high school and you don't succeed in uh, yeah. music, then what are you, what are you gonna do? Yeah, because you don't have a high school education and yeah. music doesn't work out for you. That was, yeah, okay. it's a bit like me. I'm doing a degree in computer science, so mm-hmm. I will have a job definitely yeah. when I leave. Yeah. But if I if music doesn't work out, I've got a jump job to jump back to and go. I'm okay. I've still got money coming in, um, and I could still feed myself at night. Um, but if music doesn't work out, then it's kind of a be all and end all of, you know, life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you can like what we said is there's not really an age where or a, there's not really a rule saying when you could start apart from the fact that you can't stop producing as soon as you've come out yeah. that is kind of the big big crux of it uh, but it's like um like tiesto isn't tiesto's like 50 isn't he mm-hmm. so yeah, he's yeah. he's still pretty good for his age and he's still producing music allegedly um <laughs> allegedly <laughs> i'll say allegedly yeah literally. but um it's like i'm 21 and i'm still producing and i've made big feats this year like zero cool is one of my biggest ones i can't really discuss as much as that but i know i have a track going on there um mm-hmm. but it's it's like just don't don't be like oh i'm too young or i'm too old to start producing literally yeah, just, so, don't let age stop you Literally download a copy of Ableton or Fruity Loops, obviously legally, um, mm-hmm. but and just start messing around with it. Like you don't have to start making EDM. You could start making lo-fi or little rap beats that you sell to uh, that kid in your class that wants to be a SoundCloud rapper. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, other than that, I think you know, don't let it stop you or limit yeah. you in any way yeah just finish your high school that's all <laughs> because because in the end music is a bit like a stable economy uh at the moment music is not very stable um and, and especially in the nature where labels are taking bigger cuts and giving you less um you will definitely need a job to support yourself but other than that in terms of the podcasts I think we've covered mainly all the big topics for this episode. So mm-hmm. I'd like to say thank you to you, Bauka, for coming onto the podcast. No, Is there no anything problem. you'd like to say as a final like message to all the people that are listening? Well, uh, I want to thank you all for listening to uh, listen to our podcast. To don't forget to uh, follow the one and only Checker Kings on Instagram, Spotify, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. And don't forget to follow me as well. Uh, sorry for the shame self-promo, but hey. at, at bunker underscore on Instagram. Yeah. Just follow, go follow me. I post. Yeah, if you do have any stuff. other questions about the stuff we've talked about, you can DM either of us on 
yeah sure. on instagram and we'll be more than happy to answer and uh yeah i hope to see you guys in the next podcast and yes. and thank you for bauke for being on the podcast yeah, no problem. Uh, it's yeah, been really cool having you, Balka, and uh, hope to get you on for some more episodes soon. Yeah, see you all next time. Can't so wait. See to you all again. next time.